Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Grit and Glitter. It's Jackie here, and today we are celebrating Pride Month with a spotlight on non-binary wrestler and now drag artist, Danger Kid. Welcome. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, I appreciate you having me. And uh, yeah, I guess that is kind of a new title of mine, isn't it? It's uh, kind of weird to say, but... Yeah, I saw something about a $100 tip on your first performance. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, tell me the details. So it was kind of fitting, too. You know, leading up to, I, I did three numbers that night. Uh, just, you know, all lip syncing, you know, not, not getting too crazy and adventurous oh. quite that whole venture. Because it's brand new, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was so nervous. And I, I've had months to plan for it. Um, I think I took the booking back in like late March, early April, and it was June 2nd. So I had a lot of time, but as it got closer and closer and closer, I just, I was just festering and my anxiety and everything. And I really wasn't able to calm down much. Um, with wrestling, I still kind of have that too, but I'm able to pep talk myself. I'm like, Hey, you know, you've done this like hundreds and hundreds of times and you're fine. You know what you're doing. I couldn't do that here. So I was a wreck leading up to this. Soon as the first number started though. I don't know. It just all went away. Um, and it was pretty fitting because my first song was Material Girl by Madonna. And I was wearing like these these green and gold heels with like some tassel and like a, a bodysuit, like head to toe that was like money print. Uh, <laughs> kind of went together. I had like big green hair and everything. Um, and yeah, so we the, on the shows, there's this person with a bucket and um they just kind of go behind the artist and collect any tips that don't quite make it to me um, or unload mid song like I can. And so like halfway through the song, like the, the dude with the bucket is like, there's a hundred dollar bill in there. And I like did a double take and I almost like came out of like the performance. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I danced down and like, I didn't see anything. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that was. That was, I don't know what this dude's talking about. Kept going, finish up, no problem. So when you finish up, you got to take all the money out of the, you got to take the bucket to the back, dump it and bring the bucket back because the next girl needs it. And, you know, I do that, bring the bucket back out and I come back. I start getting it all together. It's just a big pile of basically all ones, but there was indeed a hundred dollar bill in there. That's I so cool. I, I hit the floor. I just like held it up in front of like all the other queens and everything. And like, we all just were like, Oh my God, like I have no idea who gave it to me. Um, I really wish I did so I could thank them. I was just not expecting that. So pretty cool introduction into the world of drag. Absolutely. Uh, what made you decide to try drag? Was this something you were considering a long time and then an opportunity presented itself or was it spontaneous? Um, yeah, actually, it's something that's kind of been in the back of my head for quite some time now. I love drag. The art of drag is, it's amazing. It okay. really, and I, I think people that aren't into it really haven't sat and watched it and can really appreciate like the, the many different branches of that art form that it branches off. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. It's so amazing. And you can go so many different directions with it. It's just absolutely fascinating. So I, I had always kind of always considered it, but with, with a full-time like working schedule and wrestling schedule, I was in a relationship at the time a couple years ago that like wrestling was already taken up a lot of time from that. Yeah. And 
to go out and add another thing like that just wasn't, it just wasn't going to work with my life at the time. Fast forward a little bit. I'm in a different relationship now. One that is with somebody that's, you know, just a bit more like, yeah, go out and do your thing and like understanding and everything. And like, we don't live together. You know what I mean? So it's a little more casual relationship right now. And so it's like, okay, now now I got all this like free time. Well, not really. I'm still pretty busy. <laughs> now I probably Some time. Yeah. After one of our Let's Wrestle shows locally around here, uh, a few months back, I got a message from a local drag queen who happened to be it just in attendance at that show because they just happen to love wrestling. Uh, their name is Ladanya Lovelace with Delicious Biz up here in northern Maine. And we just started talking, just hitting it off. Um, we're like the same age. I think think they might have a year on me or something like that. But we're pretty much the same age. Both grew up and watching the same era of wrestling. And, you know, he's a drag queen and like I'm already like gender fluid. So like, you know, there's some similarities there. We both like makeup and like, you know, all that stuff. And we just hit it off. We just absolutely hit it off. And then it kind of. OK, so I guess some context their husband and them put on shows. They own Delicious Drag Divas. So oh, they nice. shows all over the state, right? So it kind of became like a partnership of like, you teach me, I'll teach you. So I started training, uh, Anthony is his actual legal name, to, to wrestle. And he's he's attending the Limitless Dojo now as we speak. We just had a class together last night. And of course, I, I, I knew how to do makeup and stuff, but I didn't, I've never done like drag makeup. I've never like glued down my eyebrows and like done all that. Like the makeup Different I was- Different world altogether. Exactly. So I had no idea. And I still wasn't, I'm, I'm not the best with makeup either. You know what I mean? I could definitely hold my own, but like I was very uncomfortable with a lot of the products and techniques and stuff. So I needed a lot of help. So it, it really did become like, you know, I, I will train you to wrestle if you kind of like show me what it takes to be a drag queen. And uh, that's just kind of how it all came together. And they they put me on for uh, their June 2nd show where I made my debut. And yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of how it all came together. It's very cool. Very, very cool. So it's sort of like living out. You have experimented with this thing you've always wanted to try and now finally have the opportunity to thanks to a skills exchange. Yeah. Of those like shout out to like people want to overvalue. I know look, we live in a capitalist economy. We need to make money. I get it. Like make the coin. But don't underestimate the value of a nice skills exchange there because now you're both getting something that you've wanted for a while and are learning this new skill and have community to support you while you're doing it. That's so that's what such a like a I don't know, it's just such a warm and friendly way to get into drag, just to be like welcomed in by somebody oh. else so so excitedly. I don't know, I'm losing the word for what I'm trying to say there. Dang, that sense of community and like you're right, like getting welcomed in, like I was I was so nervous. And like I know, you know, I mean I watch drag race and stuff, like I know how kind of catty the world of drag can be <laughs> very different from wrestling in that <laughs> There's a lot of similarities, but that's, you know what I mean? The rest yeah. of throwing around a whole lot of shade and like reading people, like it doesn't really happen. But I, so I was nervous about that. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm the, I'm the new girl. Like, I, I just, I don't know how this is going to go. They were all amazing. They were all amazing. They were all super supportive. They all knew how nervous I was. They all kind of like pep talked me in their own ways um, and just really made me feel welcome and a part of the team. And like, it was something that I could absolutely do. No problem. And then I did. And uh, I 
don't know if I would have gotten through it if it wasn't for that kind of like welcoming sense of community from them. So and, and I don't know how else I would have started if it wasn't, you know, for that whole group. Honestly, I don't I have no idea how I would have gotten into it if I would have at all, if I would have had the opportunity to. So I really appreciate them taking a chance on me. That's so awesome. So you mentioned Drag Race just a moment ago. So that made me think a lot of people, um, maybe their only exposure to drag is through Drag Race, which is like wonderful to have queer representation on TV like that so consistently. Like every year there's a season, you know you're going to get it. So that's that's just a change in queer culture in my lifetime that I've yeah. seen. It, but, it's crazy how mainstream it is now. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Like in a, in a, in a, in a, yeah. Thing. But what are some of your favorite non-drag race, either performers or performances? Because I think like this is a good chance to kind of educate the children on the world of drag outside of drag race, you know? I mean, I haven't really seen much outside of, you know, that and then locally. Right. I've only actually been to a handful of drag shows in my life. And... I, I really just only know the main queens, you know what I mean? So it's like all the delicious drag diva girls. Jenda Benda is, she's really fun. Super, super fun. Resbone, uh, drag king uh, with us in this area, gave me like a legit hold hands, eye to eye contact, like pep talk, like right before my first number. And like that, that'll stay with me forever. And I, I met them that night, you know what I mean? The other ones I'd kind of like hung out with before, but like literally met, Resbone like an hour before that at most. So I don't know. I, I I guess my biggest message would be go check out a local drag show. Wherever you are listening from, there is one going on probably within an hour from you. Get in the car, buy a ticket, go get some ones from the bank, go that support. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the big takeaway here. You never know when one of those girls are going to be on Drag Race or just going to give you the night of your life, like just a performance that you'll never forget. They're all artists in their own beautiful way, and you should absolutely go out and support them. And I don't think that you'll be disappointed. No. And I think you pointed to one of those really great, you mentioned before, one of the differences of wrestling and drag being sort of the back behind the scenes culture. But I think one of the nice similarities there is this independent culture, right? And it's the same with sort of independent music as well, like the indie music scene, where if you just take the time to go out and see who's in your local community, whether it's music, whether it's wrestling, whether it's drag, if you take the time to support the local artists in your community and help them get to a bigger platform, then you get that pride when they succeed and they do find a larger audience of being like, that's my person. I know them. Or, you know, I supported them when they were still trying to find their audience. And you really get to literally help someone's career unfold by supporting them at this local level. So go see a local drag show. Go see your local wrestling shows. Go see your local music. Go see your local art events. Like, support your local art. It really does make a difference. Reach. What are some the other similarities that you've noticed, like the, maybe say some of the lessons that you could apply from wrestling to that drag debut that you did, you know? Lessons. That's a that's a really good question, actually. But I mean, as far as like similarities go, the performance piece, right, is a lot of similarities there. You know, you are kind of commanding the room and you're kind of taking the audience like on a ride. And that's just that's like a cool thing. And like you can you can totally dictate the emotions in the room. That is like. That's a, like a crazy sense of power. 
and just just to make people like feel things just to just to get people you know out of their own head for a little bit this world is crazy living and existing is so fucking hard like i i'm no like super person i am i have struggles for days i got mad struggles that's another reason why i'm not on twitter much just because like i don't know i just i got a lot of struggles i'm really like in my own head a lot i really kind of keep to myself a a bulk of the time just because i got issues you know what i mean the real world just kind of it kicks me just like it kicks everybody else so for me to be able to make an entrance or, you know, do a lip sync or, you know, whether it's drag wrestling, whatever I'm doing, to, to be able to kind of do my thing and help a room full of people just escape for a little bit. You know what I mean? Because it's hard out here. It is so hard. And, like, I get that. I get that probably more than anybody. I could talk about this all day. But, like to be able to like all come together, like, let's just have fun for a night. You know what I mean? Let's forget about all everything. Let's forget about all the bullshit. Let's forget about your struggles. Let's forget about the fact that rents do. Let's forget about the fact that your jobs suck. Let's forget about like politics and like how fucking shitty all that is. Like, you know, let's just, let's just let loose, you know? And that's, there's a lot of beauty in that. There absolutely is. So there's this escapism element and there's the power that comes from being able to, for lack of a better word, manipulate an audience's emotion, you know? The, yeah, we just don't use it for you. Anyway, <laughs> you know, exactly. You want to really try. So, I, I, okay, I kind of love that. You don't want to use it for evil here, right? So, like, we're talking about the ability to work a crowd here. What other lessons then? So I want to pop back to this lessons question because you kind of avoided it for a minute. What other lessons would you say that you took from your drag ex- or from your wrestling experience and your wrestling training to the world of drag, you know, other than the wanting to pep yourself up? That was another thing that I heard you talk about earlier is like your desire to give yourself a pep talk. I guess it's really just like you can't underestimate the amount of work it takes to like do something that like you're really like passionate about the dedication the time spent money spent on wrestling i've been doing it for eight years now i've missed a lot you know i've missed weddings i've missed funerals i have missed a lot of stuff in life you know it's it's brought me a lot of really awesome relationships and it's damaged other ones it just has um with drag i had to dedicate a lot of time to get ready for that one show I feel a lot more confident if I were, I mean, I will do another one at some point. I don't have anything coming up anytime soon, but like, it's really taught me that like, I need to go for stuff that I'm passionate about. If I'm working on something that I'm not passionate about, it's just, it's just not there. I have my drive, my dedication, my, my actual ability to sit down and get stuff done. It's just, it doesn't happen. But like when you have something like wrestling and drag, like I am just so like, so into it. So like, focused on those goals and those worlds it's just something that's really like taught me a lot about myself so that's probably the biggest one i love that were there other sort of maybe um queer ways of knowing like queer knowledge that you've been able to apply then to wrestling or perhaps spaces that aren't um inherently seen as queer well, I mean, it's just, it really, the whole thing's really made me realize that, like, wrestling is just drag, too. Just a different <laughs> type, you know what I mean? Um, and both avenues really have helped me, like, just not give a fuck. There's definitely a point in my life, you know, before coming out and everything. And, you know, we, I still have, like, my moments. You know, if I'm, like, in a space that's not 
inherently queer and like I don't feel safe like obviously like I'm not gonna feel great about it but overall my general mentality is I don't care I really don't I've been very fortunate enough to really not have any issues I've never really gotten shit in public you know I've gotten some stares and some side eyes and you know I've heard a little bit of chitter chatter but I've never had anything like directly like I've never had anybody come at me or like even online I really haven't like faced any bad criticism or backlash or anything uh even after coming out it was like even nothing but supportive that's great Uh, and I I I guess I kind of take that as like you know it's just who I am like I people enjoy me like they're not gonna be shitty towards me um I'm sure there's people that like stopped following me unfriended me blocked me after all that but I didn't notice so like whatever they weren't meant to be in my life regardless but I have the power, you know, I mean, we all kind of have that own power. Like you can either give a fuck or you cannot give a fuck. And I chose a while ago to just not give a fuck. I love that. Any other ways that coming out publicly and sort of owning your, you know, pansexual identity, owning your non-binary and gender fluid identity, any other ways that that has sort of changed or transformed your life over these past couple of years? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I, I touched on a little bit earlier, you know, I was in a relationship that, you know, at first, like they were, you know, they, they were obviously like supportive and everything. But in the long run, the grand scheme of things, it just that was kind of where the divide happened, you know, and we were, we were together for quite a while. At one point, I was looking at engagement rings and stuff like that, you know, wow. and thankfully, it didn't get that far. And we, we both kind of realized that like, yeah, this is just where we're kind of got to go our different ways. And so that's like a huge piece that happens at the beginning of the year in January. And oh, it was still pretty recent. Yeah, yeah, it is. And we were together for a long time. And that was hard. That was super hard. And I was devastated. And I was an absolute mess for like two, three weeks. But then it kind of started coming out of it and, and realizing that like, you know, this as hard as it is, it, it's it was meant to be, you know what I mean? Because now I am, I have the ability to really just live my life how I want and how I desire, and there's nothing holding me back. And then obviously that allowed me to, you know, go and do drag, and it it has opened up the door for a lot of other things in my future that I'm excited about, and I think I'm really kind of heading in the right direction. I know I'm being a little vague, but like okay. it, it, it's just it's just better now, you know, and I. My my outlook isn't as grim because I think before, like, I think even for like a solid year before that happened, I could kind of tell, I could kind of sense mm-hmm. it. And that's daunting. That is daunting. And especially when you're just trying to live your life and keep all the pieces together and, you know, all, all that fun stuff. For better or for worse, it really is the best for me in the long run. I am more free than I've ever been. I'm, I'm definitely a lot happier than I've been in a long time. I still have my struggles. I still have my down days. And I'm, I'm always going to, and I get that. But the future looks bright. I, I'm excited. And that's something that I wasn't able to say this time probably a year ago. I understand that. I actually recently, in a recent newsletter for Grit and Glitter, wrote about a similar sort of, not necessarily with a breakup involved, but just with owning my own non-binary identity and really affirming that in myself and how absolutely transformative it's been to my health, like my mental health also, but also like my physical health, my just all around well-being is transformed all because I'm simply like, yeah, I'm just not fighting this thing in myself anymore. So I I think it's, um, I think it's important to talk about these things because other people, I think, who are struggling 
to identify these things in themselves or perhaps are unsure about if, you know, a non-binary identity or a gender fluid identity is for them. Hearing people talk about even just simply saying those words, I am non-binary, I am this, I am that, can really help some of those deeper issues begin to, to fade away. So I love that you identify as both non-binary and gender fluid because there are shades of differences between these. And what for you is the piece that makes you feel fluid in your gender rather than like a more settled sort of, no, I am, you know, I am a non-binary person or I am a trans person. Like where, where's the fluidity for you? How do you feel that fluidity in your life? A lot of non-binary individuals, they identify as they, them, right? They don't want to be boxed in and that's awesome. And like, I don't want to be either. I've never really identified with they, them pronouns. Like I am perfectly okay with really either he, him or she, her. But like in the she, her side of things, like, I mean, I've, I have been, you know, I've gone my whole life, like before coming out, like hiding this like secret part of me, you know what I mean? And like, you know, over the years, like collecting, like, you know, women's clothing, dresses and stuff like that, you know, all the feminine, feminine stuff that I never could actually like, never could leave my room, never could leave my closet. <laughs> people that stuff that like people weren't allowed to see, you know, at one point in my life, because, yeah. you know, I was still working through what it all meant you know i mean i went through all of the different phases you know i went through the shame i went through the denial i went through the trying to embrace it but failing you know one step forward five steps back and for years and years and years and just also not having anybody to talk to about it you know what i mean that's festering in my own struggles and like that is tough right but that's the reality for that was my reality and that's a reality for a lot of other kids out there and has been for years and years and it's just like finally getting to a point where just like i was i could accept myself and then that made stepping out into the world a lot easier for me when i came out it was like okay i can finally i feel comfortable stepping out into the light and it was so amazing because it's like i literally have this whole piece of me it's like whole other side that I've been hiding, but I've been proud of at the same time. You know what I mean? Like those last couple of years before coming out and like getting better with like makeup and stuff, you know, like just like completely on my own, like in my room, like by myself, like shut off from the world. I'm so proud of this thing, but like I can't let anybody know about it. And that was a big like struggle for like those last couple of years before coming out. And then I finally hit the point where I was like, I'm just going to fucking do it. And I did. And it's like, okay. This is me. Like, this is me. You guys know this is me, but this is also me. It really is kind of like a different persona, like not in like a sense of wrestling or drag, but like it it really is an extension of me. And, you know, having a whole name, you know, I go by Amber when I'm in femme. I remember before coming out, like going out into public for the first couple of times and getting like gendered, you know, as she, her and like stuff like that. And like, you know, saying like, my name is Amber, like in public to like, you know, Starbucks order or something like that, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And just the absolute joy and euphoria that that brought me. So it really is like, it's just been important for me to just kind of like have those two separate sides of me. Like, yeah, it's all me, but that's Mm -hmm. kind of what comes in. Some days I'm Danny, some days I'm Amber, you know what I mean? And then sometimes I'm doing wrestling, sometimes I'm doing drag. It it does. There's no wrong answer to that. It's just sort of a way to talk about I think these very complicated things, when you have these multiple dimensions to yourself, and especially when there are are 
when your gender is more expansive than what uh, I think society has been taught gender can be or should be, we find it sometimes difficult to talk about these things or to place them in terms that other people can understand. Or we try to find a right answer that it doesn't, it, it, that's the whole point of queerness. Like there is no right or wrong in queerness. Like the whole point is queer. It's Absolutely. strange. It's different. It's aside from the norm. It's, it's in its own space and it's appreciating the beauty of that difference. That's, that's the essence of it. Absolutely. And it's ever expanding. And it's, 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 it's something that like, you might have it figured out. You might be like concrete. Yep. This, this, I, I, I know that this is who I am and this and this and whatever, but like, it's not necessarily always going to be like that. Like I'm, I think I'm still going through a lot of changes myself and I think I'm going to continue to do so. I feel pretty comfortable where I'm at right now, but at the same time, like it, my gender journey, I don't know if it'll ever be completed. You know what I mean? I think it's just something that is going to stick with me and it's going to change over time. So that's a really that's okay. <laughs> it is okay. And that's the point. Like it is perfectly okay. That's going to happen. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to have all the answers. You do not have to have it all figured out. I definitely don't. I still, I still, it's, I don't know. I still struggle a little bit with like how I put everything out there and whatnot. And like, yes, that's stuff that we could get into and talk a whole nother episode about just that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's okay. Well, I mean, all like concrete figured out down pat. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Look, I'll open the space for if you want to talk about mistakes, we have some time to talk about it. If you want to leave that on the table for something else, you can just say. I'll leave it on the table. We'll do another episode uh, maybe next Friday. And, Ooh, part two, getting yeah. down dirty. Love it. Yeah. Check back in a year, and I think uh, I think I'll have a lot more to say about some stuff. I love that. So, gender is ever evolving, ever changing. Wrestling and drag, also these sort of art forms that are changing and evolving. Uh, and we're really seeing a change in independent wrestling right now, specifically. I think with the wave of you know the first couple years of AEW, kind of really in a great way, taking independent talent and giving them a platform to wrestle on national television every week. Fantastic in some ways for independent wrestling. But now we're also at this change. Where we're really seeing some gaps appear where there's spaces for talent to really rise now and become, I hate this term, but I'm going to use it, the indie darlings of the scene. But, you know, the people who really build their reputation and become that next generation of up-and-coming wrestlers who are heading towards that kind of primetime television spotlight. What are you seeing from your perspective right now? Who's filling those gaps that are left by some of the bigger independent wrestlers moving on to bigger ventures? Who are you seeing in the scene that you have your eyes on? Oh, boy. I mean, you first off, you, you hit the nail on the head perfectly there. You know, there is there's an open door right now for anybody to just really step up and take it if they want to. One of my dearest friends, I really do think of him as little brother, even though he's a, an actual shithead, uh, Rice. Uh, I think it's a matter of time before he's on TV, but oh my God, there is so, so much good talent out there. Is Trisha Dora signed? Did she sign? Oh gosh. I'm not sure. I love Trisha Dora though. What yeah. a, she is one of the, best kept secrets I, like I, if yeah. you don't know who she is like and, and that's madness our audience really you you know who 
Tesla yeah. is. But on the off chance, you do not know. Google. <laughs> yeah, like go check out like uh, Trisha Dora and Joy, you know, or among any place that you see her wrestle. She's all over, all over the place. I just really like Enjoy Wrestling. They're great. Yeah, yeah. Hope to go back there someday. I love them. Honestly, I, I talked about this in uh, like another interview recently, but like I think literally one of the most well-rounded wrestlers and like a brand if, if we're looking at wrestlers as like a brand you know what i mean edith surreal yes the technique is there the, the ability the wrestling ability is there but also like watching her crow from the old chikara named still life there's mm-hmm. uh, watching that to where we're at now with edith surreal it's it's been oh my god it's been such a pleasure to watch yes and 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 the branding the marketing like uh she makes all of her own like graphics for all of her matches and stuff like totally unique to her the the, the merchandise design like so good uh the gear mm-hmm. uh, like it's just it's all there it's all there and like if you can't see that or if you don't know who Edie is like go check out and eat a surreal match because wow just absolutely amazing yeah total just, package yeah like Someone's got to scoop her up one of these days. Like, I don't I don't know where, but like, I don't know. There's just, there's so many people that are stepping it up to kind of like get to that indie darling and like fill that void. But that kind of like, because AEW did scoop up a lot of people. But I, I think that has been good for the indie scene because it has forced people to step up. There's so many people, though, that deserve the world, honestly. And I really hope that the good ones get their flowers and uh, make a lot of money because there's so many deserving people out there. So I want to pivot to you here in wrestling. That was a broader question in general, but you, 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 you are now holding the tag team championship with uh, Agro as part of MSP The Vibe. Right. What does that feel like to be champion? Yeah, we just won the Let's Wrestle Tag Team Championships after they had been they had been vacated for a while. I don't think there's actually been anybody that held those for like a couple of years now. I was trying to find a history on that, and I was having a hard time. So thanks for filling that in for me. Uh, it is our first Tag Team Championships in Maine as MSP, just in general. Like we had our, where we started, it was IWE, but we weren't MSP back then. <laughs> We actually wore masks and stuff, if you can believe that. So Why would you want to mask your two beautiful faces? Oh, we were brand new babies. <laughs> oh, we training. And uh, that first year or two, it was just, it felt more comfortable to kind of be under a hood. And I think that helped us. It, it, it really makes you, I would say, any anybody starting off and like having their first like six months even of matches like wearing a hood would be very beneficial because you really learn to be expressive because we're also silent. We didn't say anything. So we were just like, it was all body movement. And we that's how we had to get our, our point across with everything that we were doing. And I think that really helped us in the long run. Nice. Uh, but back to your original question, uh, it's really cool to be able to, like, step up and, like, hold those. And it, it just kind of makes you want to go out and get more. Uh, it, it does make the bag a little heavier. But, uh, you know, the sacrifices. Sacrifice. <laughs> hey, you can take a little bit of weight. You know, that's what you've earned. I want to go out and grab some from out of state, though. We have a, a championship match with against the Carnies at New South Wrestling, all the way down in Alabama uh, in July. So gunning for those. I'm just really excited Ooh. for a two-on-two match with the Carnies too. So that'll be an awesome time. 
So coming up in July, maybe you'll be double champs. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Keep your eyes peeled. Any other big opportunities on the horizon for you? Any other shows coming up? Any other sort of events that you want to draw eyes to while we have a chance to talk about it? Deadlock Pro. That's really been kind of a new home away from home for us and where we've been getting like some really cool opportunities the last couple months is at Deadlock Pro down in kind of the North Carolina area. And they recently expanded to New Jersey, too. They had, like, I think the attendance record at the Knights of Columbus there in Ridgefield Park. That Oh, sweet. Everybody knows. And everybody oh, I know knows. that Knights of Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> everybody knows it and everybody runs it. Uh-huh. Ever seen it packed like that is crazy. They, You know, we've had matches with violences forever there. Above the rest, we got to wrestle the Velocities, which is this crazy team from Australia. Funny story about that. We, we'd never heard of them before, you know, because they are, you know, an international team and they were doing a tour in America. So, like, we we got put up with them and we saw the graphic drop and me and Agro, we saw it and we're like, oh, OK, we're going to go down there and put over a local young team. Right. So that's kind of like what we had in our head at first. And then, like, a few days later, he's like, yo, they they ain't local and they, they ain't green. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, it just shows me this, like. 40 minute match that they had against Aussie Open where they're just like doing all this crazy shit and beating the the piss out of each other and I was like oh so it's going to be like that and so we went down there and had a really good match with them yeah I don't know Deadlock Pro has really been like giving us some really cool chances lately and uh, the crowd is awesome a lot a lot of queer representation in the crowd I've talked to a lot of people at intermission and at our table and stuff so I usually I come out with my non-binary flag almost every entrance unless I sometimes I just forget it because I'm just that's just me being <laughs> but um you know a lot of people have come up to me and talked to me about that I got a little uh non-binary I know this is audio only but I got a little bracelet uh that somebody made and brought me it's super cool I love shit like that so yeah it's definitely become like a home away from home and it's cool to be able to go to like I'm in Maine so I consider North Carolina to be the south and you know there's the you know that that stereotypes with the south like oh they're all off down there and like they hate you know just queers which you know there's there's a lot of truth to that but like i in north carolina alabama even when i wrestled in florida texas like i've had no issues even with like locals and stuff like when you're not at the show and you know what i mean like you go into the gas station or late night restaurants for food and stuff like i've never had any issues so i'm very thankful for that so you kind of go into it with that like mindset of like oh i don't know but then it's like super pleasantly surprised so it's been cool nice well thank you so much for spending some time chatting with me today danger kid i have had a blast i cannot wait for part two of this later on maybe we get into some of the deeper darker juicier details of of the journey if you wish but as we wrap things up where can people find you on the socials and keep up with your adventures so I'm pretty sure my username on everything is just I am at I am the danger kid. I mean, just you know, you guys know how it works. Just type in danger kid and I'll pop up. You'll see me. Um, on Twitter, Instagram. Twitter and Instagram. Yep. And there's also the MSP accounts on both of those platforms as well. I think it's at MSP is the vibe. And then go follow my tag partner too, Aiden Agro. I think his is at he is Agro. So go follow us. Appreciate it. Love y'all. Thanks for spending this time with me. Of course.